0: The Blaze Radio Network on demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vaches, I
1: don't have to show you stinking vaches.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: What in the hell is wrong with Shepard Smith over at Fox News? I got to ask that. Uh, we'll get into that coming up here on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. Uh, things are moving very fast uh, as far as well the attempted repeal slash replace the GOP struggling to take ownership of the failed Obamacare model. It's it's all going to hell in a handbasket. Is and you know what? And the traitorous insurance companies. They don't get your taxpayer money. Shepard Smith is very upset about this, and a lot of statists are very upset about this. A lot of crony capitalists are ticked off. We will, we will uh, go over this. I don't think it's as apocalyptic as many are saying this is, but it's it's all coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show. Telephone numbers: triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Listen, folks, this is your nation. This is your health care. If And I have it on good authority that theblaze.com, which a lot of folks in Washington, D.C. pay attention to, you make some salient points here, you might get noticed by some bureaucrat watching in in Washington, D.C. And, of course, we mentioned Shepard Smith's name and enough people populate his Twitter account. He might get the message, too. (laughs) It might uh, uh, steer him from the dark side where he has been and uh, some rather illegitimate reporting on his part. Either way, uh, your voices have a good chance of being heard, but cannot be heard if you don't dial in. If you want to, uh, again, call us, 888 933 SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, on-demand listening for this program, blaze.com slash radio, the Blaze Radio smartphone app, and the iHeartRadio app, that's iHeartRadio app, and on uh, the blaze.com slash chris salcedo show there is a on the channel section the blaze.com channel section you'll find the the show link there all right what am i talking about with um with what's going on with shepard smith well shepard smith was reacting to this from the president of the united states and i think
1: you'll also uh agree that i've been saying for a long time let obamacare fail and then everybody's going to have to come together and fix it and uh come up with a new plan and a plan that's really good for the people with much lower premiums, much lower costs, and much better protection. I've been saying that, Mike, I think you'll agree for a long time. Let Obamacare fail. It'll be a lot easier. And I think we're probably in that position where we'll just let Obamacare fail. Uh, We're not going to own it. I'm not going to own it. I can tell you the Republicans are not going to own it.
2: Yeah, and Shepard Smith took exception to that because Shepard Smith is desperate to pin the failure of Obamacare under Republicans.
1: The Republicans are not going to own it.
3: But politically, Republicans do own it because voters gave them control of Washington. It was a central promise of Republicans' campaigns. For eight years, they told constituents and voters, give us control and we will repeal and replace Obamacare. Fox's Brit Hume explains it this way.
2: Yeah, well, Brit Hume, I think, was taken out of context by Shepard Smith. Let me be plain. The Republicans are in no way responsible for the harm done by Obamacare. But that's that's it. Period. End of sentence. None of them voted for it. Now, the harm that Obamacare will do, I think you can lay the blame at those who wanted to keep that law in place, i.e. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, uh what's his name from Ohio, Portman. Yeah, I think, I think you can blame many of those who like the socialistic aspects of Obamacare, want to keep some of it in, the high taxes, the government control of, of health care, the uh, unsustainable addition of able-bodied people to Medicaid. I think there's a good case that some of, some of these Republicans Could be culpable for the damages that will come courtesy of Obamacare. But as far as owning, it wasn't the Republican Party who destroyed the health care, the health insurance system in the United States of America. It was the Democrats. Not one Republican vote. And despite Shepard Smith's best attempts, history cannot be rewritten so easily and will not allow the likes of Shepard Smith to do that. He did make a fair point that people did elect Republicans. To fix the damage done by Democrats in Obamacare. However, Shepard Smith, you didn't mention the fact that it was doing damage. Just the fact that they said it was going to repeal. It would be, I don't know, fair of you, Shepard Smith, if you were an actual journalist, to actually say Republicans said they were going to repeal Obamacare because of the damage it's doing. But you don't want to admit that, do you, Shepard Smith? Well, I don't think he does, folks. Uh, we'll not start with uh, Fox News and the flip around. Let's go to CNN and listen to them gloating.
4: It's like, this won't, then what about tax reform? Which is a whole other conversation, which I'm sure we'll have... At a, at a soon date, Alexis Glick. So I look we'll forward see to you it. again. Thank you so much for all of that analysis and the pennies, nickels, and dimes this thing would we cost. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to this first, but actually, we're getting more breaking news here. Uh, this time on the Russia firestorm engulfing the White House. Uh, CNN is now learning the special counsel Robert Mueller has given the Senate Judiciary Committee the okay to question both uh, Don Jr. and former campaign manager uh, Paul Manafort.
2: Got to get the uh, the smoke in there. Got to get driving that narrative in there over at CNN. Uh, Of course, until there's anything to report, we're not going to uh, partake in this illusion that there is even a semblance of a charge. Nobody's even articulated a charge in this so-called collusion uh, investigation that's been going on since last year, this time, in June of last year, over a year now. And still not one charge Nobody's even articulating what anybody from the Trump campaign could be
1: conceivably be charged with. Let's get over to Fox. He's been in the country since, I think, uh, 1999 or 2001. Uh, went to the University of New Haven to get his MBA. Uh, and he also assured Fudderfast that he has nothing to do with the Russian government or Russian intelligence. Now, that's third-hand information. We haven't spoken with Kavalecsi yet, but you can bet we'll keep
3: trying. I'm sure you will. John Roberts, uh, Yeoman's work at the White House this afternoon. John, thanks. There's much more coming up. We're going to get reaction from Capitol Hill, from people there on the collapse of the new health care bill and the fact that Obamacare remains the law of the land. That's coming in just a moment in a live report from Mike Emanuel. But the White House daily press briefing has ended, and there are so many items of great importance in the world right now on which the White House is given an opportunity to, to weigh in. And that happens during the press briefing, as I'm sure you know. But for those who don't, the White House, from time to time, does not allow us to air the news conferences live. Further, they don't allow us to uh, air the audio until after the news conference is complete. Well, it just finished. Uh, John Roberts came out early to be with us. It just finished. So now we're going to play that audio for you so you know in context and perspective without edits. Here's the first question.
5: I will take your questions. Yes, Amen.
1: Thank you, sir. The President seemed fairly blindsided yesterday by the defections on the health care bill. As the White House pivots and moves over to tax reform later in
0: the summer, what are you going to change at the White House to make sure that he has a pretty good sense of where the votes are on tax reform? as that legislative train? the correctly?
5: Uh, the, the same thing we've been doing, that's continuing to have ongoing, uh, regular, consistent contact with members of Congress. Uh, ideally, some Democrats will want to participate in the process moving forward.
2: Yeah, it's more of a bipartisan thing. Every, uh, even even some Democrats uh, admit that even with their constituents, uh, the tax code is just way too cumbersome, way too burdensome, even for Democrats. Uh that Even among their constituency, now of course the the rank and file elected Democrat doesn't care about the amount of burden they place on, on their constituents and the level of hoops they have to jump through to satisfy government because in, in the elected Democrat's mind, the people are there to serve the elected Democrats, not the other way around. But many of these Democrats have heard, even heard from their constituents saying, That 75,000-page tax code's a monstrosity. You've got to do something about it. So I think there will be some bipartisan consensus on simplifying the tax code, at least among well-meaning people Democrats who don't see government's job as an extortion racket for taxpayers money let's get over to MSNBS
6: frustrated by the CBO scores that say oh 22 million 23 million people are going to be uninsured no that's not what it says what it says is that 22 23 million people will have a choice and that's what we want No, no, but that's that's, sir,
0: that's I, we all have choices right I I, I have a choice to do all sorts of things can I afford to do it if you can't afford to do it that's not really a choice that's viable
6: Yes, but in, in, in all fairness now, the American Health Care Act made sure that we kept the the premiums for those who have pre-existing conditions at a stable level, that they wouldn't go up. We assured that through that plan. That's why I'm so disappointed in the Senate that they didn't accept it, that they couldn't get to a yes vote and with enough people there. But that's where we're at. So,
2: so you, you guys just heard the MSNBS host uh, convey the socialist point of view that if you can't afford something, then somebody else must come up and pay for it for you. That uh, you, you, uh, you are somehow owed health insurance. Well, you know, when I came up, when I was growing up, I couldn't afford top dollar health insurance. Uh, I had to, to buy into what my employer at the time was buying or I had to be on my, when I was growing up, I had to be on my, my parents' insurance company Policy, uh, and it was never it was never Cadillac. It was never top of the line. Uh, that's what we could afford. Did I die? No. Uh, was I covered? If I received the diagnosis of cancer or anything like that, yes, because there was a catastrophic loss component in that insurance policy. And at the time, there was an, a, a vibrant and open free market for those who are relatively modest means to buy catastrophic loss policies. But you see the MSNBS anchor correctly and appropriately articulating socialist position or communist position. If somebody needs it, then it's up to somebody else to pay for it. Well, I need, I could say I need a lot of things. Who's the arbiter of what is is needed and what isn't? Oh, that's right. They want to put the government in charge. Well, what happens if the government thinks that your mom doesn't need that hip replacement, but you do, or your mom does? Or what happens if somebody in government says to you, ah, you know what, Mr. Salcedo, you, boy, you sure spout off a lot of conservatism on your radio show. Man alive, I don't know if we can see our way clear to get your mom that hip replacement. I don't think that's a good idea. That's what happens when you turn over these decisions to government. That type of power will corrupt, and there are no safeguards to protect the people when they give away their rights in such a manner. Back in a minute, The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze.
3: Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network.
2: All right, glad you have tuned in, everybody here at the Chris Alcedo Show. You know, I put this question out to you guys yesterday, and it still it still stands. Not only do I want to know about what you guys want from the show, and what you guys might be missing. I, you know, the reason why we're not really getting into uh, any of the Donald Trump Jr. Uh, the the smoke screen. That is being thrown up by the basket of biased press is because, first off, there's nothing there to report. For the last year, there's been nothing, and many of you were growing frustrated because. And maybe you all saw this, and and I didn't because I got a little wrapped up in the whole DC thing. Uh, maybe you guys came to the realization a lot sooner than I did that, man, it just it's just one massive attempt. to to delegitimize this president. And talk to me when you've got something concrete. Otherwise, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to to engage in it because there's nothing there to talk about. There's no proof. There is not even a suggestion of a charge. Nobody has even said anything about a, a crime. What crime has been committed? Nobody can tell me. So we're trying to tailor the show News you can use. Uh, healthcare is kind of a natural. I mean, wouldn't you guys agree? Healthcare is it affects everybody within the sound of my voice. I got into a fascinating discussion with a uh, a leftist earlier on. Just hate-filled rants about America. And how i mean i mean this guy's this is, this guy was the genuine article, real kook uh blaming free, freedom and free enterprise on the prison population uh all because all because you and i think it's it's wise for people to earn what they get and don't think it's wise for government to confiscate wealth and put it towards programs that are not supported by the vast majority of the American people or programs that are lied about. For example, Medicaid, Medicaid was sold as help for the poor, but now it's been expanded to the tune. We learned this yesterday, 15 to 16 million folks will be piled onto that. Wait a minute. That's what, that's not what the law was passed for. Yeah, we're just going to do it because it's there. But wait a minute, that wasn't the deal that the government made with we the people. Yeah, I know, but screw it, I'm, I'm Barack Obama, we're Democrats, we're in charge, screw you. And that government has that power when you give it to them. So, I would say through citizen indifference, this, this idea, well, there's nothing I do that, that I can say that matters anyway, so why worry about it? Until one day you wake up and all of a sudden all your choices and all your all of your freedom is gone. That's and that's when you worry about it. Unfortunately, that's too late. But yeah, so so th- th- I mean, this left us was just on and on and on about how the free market, you know, abused him. Ab- I said abused you. Yeah. And, and in his mind, the only one that doesn't abuse him is government. And it, oddly enough, it's just the opposite. The free market doesn't give a damn what color you are, doesn't give a damn what your ideology is, doesn't give, a, doesn't give two rips other than the fact that can you deliver or can you pay? Whether it's the free labor market, can you deliver? Are you skilled enough? Or if it's a, the commercial market, can you pay? Can you pay for my services? That's it. I'm black. So I don't care about your skin color. I care about the color of the money. Is it green? Will, I, will my business be able to thrive? This individual went on and on and on about how Corporations are so damn greedy and that the corporations must be forced to provide a living wage. I go, who the hell do you think you are? Who do you think you, what do you mean? Who are you to tell a business something you didn't risk a blessed thing to put together? You didn't put any of your money toward it. You didn't put any of your blood, sweat and tears, no sweat equity into it. And then you're going to sit there through the force of government and tell that business they must pay a certain wage. Who do you think you are? And there was a time when the vast majority of Americans thought, as I just articulated to you, that it was, it's unseemly, it's, I don't know, uh, it's moronic for people to think that they should have a say over something that they didn't even contribute to. But through... I don't know, left-wing professors, left-wing dominance of colleges. By the way, coming up a little later on the program, there's, a, there's audio out there. There's actually a video. We took the audio from it of college kids. They love socialism. And then they were asked, can you define socialism? da, 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 da. They had no freaking clue. <laughs> some idiot, some idiot on this audio said, well, it people throw around that word like, you know, socialism, you know, they throw around that word like it's to it's scare people. But, you know, if socialism is about helping people, then I'm all for it. It's like, where in, on God's green earth did you get the notion that socialism is about helping people? <laughs> it, it's what these kids are being taught in the college classroom, folks. It's it's kind of scary.
0: The Chris Salcedo show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. 3393, The Chris
2: Salcedo Show. In our effort to deal with uh, realism and stuff that affects your life, now this, i uh, don't worry, I'm going I'm to talk a little bit more about the, what's going on with healthcare probably in the second hour, folks. Uh, we've got uh, Sally Pipes coming in, and we'll discuss with her the way forward now that it appears that, that uh, the Republicans are incapable of governing. I'll say that again. The Republicans are incapable of governing. This is, see, this is what happens when you're phony. This is what happened because, we, 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 for first off, Obamacare was phony. You all know that. You all recognize that. Obamacare was phony. That's why it failed. The opposition to Obamacare by Republicans, by the Republican brand, was also phony who's also phony, uh, Lisa Murkowski, claiming to be a Republican, Susan Collins, claiming to be a Republican, Rob Portman, claiming to be a Republican. They're really addicted to government spending, like crack addicts. And they have no problem with redistributionist theory. they They just don't. And we elected Republicans to cure that to be to be the antidote to collectivism which has been the ruin of so many civilizations throughout human history and continues to be to this day we'll deal with venezuela a little bit later on when we talk about socialism and the wonders of said anyway but so donald trump yesterday was trying to pivot getting away from the whole russia 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 thing and uh you know trying to put out smoke realizing you can't put out smoke you can only put out a fire and there's no fire just plenty of smoke can't put it out so trump tries to pivot and i think danielle pletka who by the way has been uh, a guest on this program jumps on msnbs or actually i think it was nbc's meet the press and says there's been a problem with the trump approach thus far
4: but the biggest problem with the Trump administration is there isn't any thread. We were talking about leadership before. He can't drown out the Russia story because he's not doing anything else. They are abs- I, I don't have a sports analogy here for you, Chuck. I'm <laughs> Sorry, I, I know there is one, but I just don't know what it is. But they, they keep just hitting at the balls that come at them rather than having a narrative. And they don't have, they don't have an agenda.
2: No,
1: that's pretty good. Is ah, yeah, that
2: okay? That, a that analogy? was a <laughs> pretty good one. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> she says, I don't have a sports analogy, but she actually came up with one on the fly. They, the, the president keeps on swinging at every ball keeps on swinging at every every uh pitch that's thrown in the dirt by the basket of biased press and by democrats instead of waiting for your pitch um that kind the, the the analogy does fall down because the batter is kind of kind of slave to uh what's thrown at him and what she is saying is that Donald Trump's not saying or doing much of his own he's not giving his supporters he's not giving Republicans who are not anti-Trumpers anything else to talk about except for they're just waiting for the catastrophes to come to their front door he's not shaping the narrative he's waiting for the narrative to shape him and that was the criticism so Trump and his team gets out and they have this whole made in America Day yesterday and some of the comments that the president made. We got to some of them here on the Salcedo Show. Let me give you an expanded look at this.
1: George Washington encouraged Americans to produce their own goods so that our young nation could become truly independent. President James Garfield said of our nation's manufacturers that to them the country owes the splendor of the position it holds before the world, meaning protect us. Theodore Roosevelt declared in his first message to Congress that reciprocity, my favorite word, reciprocity, because we have countries that charge us 100% tax on a product, and when that product is sold by them to us, we brilliantly charge them nothing. And people say, oh, that's free trade. No, that's stupid trade. That's really stupid trade. (laughs) Yeah, only... Only
2: folks who believe that America has some sort of an unfair advantage over every nation on the planet, and we got it unjustly, believes that letting other people place tariffs on our products and us not doing the same to even the playing field is somehow unfair trade. Now, if other countries want to drop those tariffs... Then we can drop ours. I'm all for that. You see, that's what they call fair. Level playing field. Now, there is a superiority among the Americans, among our free enterprise slash capitalist system. As a matter of fact, folks, if if we were more free enterprise and less capitalistic, I think that this country would be so much better off. Because capitalism gears our laws, gears our system toward those with capital. Toward those, you know, for example, like the traders insurance companies. And we make our laws and we tilt our society toward accommodating those individuals rather than saying free enterprise, which is, hey, government shows no particular nod in agreement with anyone other than those who succeed. Regardless, no special treatment, no corporate protections, in other words, any more so than you and I would get if we were just starting out as a mom and pop. No special treatment in the tax code. You build a better widget, you make a good product, you prosper, period, end of sentence. Government doesn't give you any particular favors. Free enterprise is what I believe our goal should be for a more perfect union. So at any rate, so here's here's Trump talking about stupid trade. And yet that's, that's, a, that's precisely what we've undertaken in because some people feel guilty. Well, you know, those communists, you know, they can't compete with our engine of economic freedom. So why don't we gear... You know, because because we're so superior, why don't we, you know, do some unfair trade? Screw our own people to make the communists feel better. To which I say, to hell with that. The communists, just like we do, have a choice. They have a choice. The socialists in Europe, they have a choice. The socialists in Canada have a choice. The third world nation to the south of us, Mexico, they have a choice. They're choosing wrong my good buddy, Skip LaCombe, who used to be on this network, had an expression, They're, you're doing it wrong. If you're not partaking in free enterprise, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. This whole idea that the communists are, are flipping helpless babies who were born into this lot, it's an absurdity. Now granted, I understand a lot of the people in China don't have a, don't have a say because, well, they have a communist government lording over them. I get that. But, you know, it still doesn't mean we ought to disadvantage ourselves. We ought to be that shining city on a hill, that beacon that says to everybody, hey, that's the way to do it. Why do you think that the propagandists in the old, in the old Soviet Union wouldn't, let folks, wouldn't lo- let folks see what was going on over here? Because we were proof, proof positive there was a better way. Why do you think so many statists in our media, in our own government right now, I'm looking at Shepard Smith right now on my monitor, Why, why do you think Shepard Smith wasn't eager to say that Obamacare was an utter failure? Why do you think that is? Because can't admit that socialism sucks. Oh no, can't do that. Because despite every evidence of history, these leftists still believe that they can perfect socialism. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. if I have time. Coming up next, I want to play a, a, an interview that I had w- earlier with some guy who's being targeted by Antifa. He is uh, a, a guy that on one of the local shows, the Chris Salcedo Show, local shows. And he's just a, a regular rep- Republican Party chairman And he's got a wife and a child on the way. And the fascists in Antifa are targeting him. Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show, right here on The Blaze.
0: He is quickly becoming the left's favorite (laughs) piñata. Only problem is, this piñata hits back. Chris (gasps) Salcedo, on The Blaze Radio Network. Is on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: The Antifa terrorists are running amok around the United States. We talked about it yesterday, and they're even. Playing some guys on the local level here's an, uh, an interview I ran earlier listen to this now what's
1: happening here is social media is turning
2: the tide on them and everybody can see with their own eyes on video how violent and dangerous they are and they're seeing public opinion turn on them so they're trying to just disingenuously make up a completely false narrative that it's the right wing that's doing this that's totally absurd they are in love with violence they embrace violence it's the only two they have it's the only tool they have and they're a bunch of children they're just they don't have their toys so they're throwing things at people. Not only things, but they're also threatening people. Let's bring on Joseph Kane. He's a Denton County chair. And uh, NBC5 did a a bit of a story on him talking about his encounters with these these liberal extremists. Joseph, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. Thank you very much. First off, you have served your country in the U.S. military, have you not?
5: Yes, sir. I I got off active duty last year, and uh, I'm currently in the National Guard.
2: All right. So uh, you are you have served this country and are continuing to serve this country. And Antifa has found you and has targeted
1: you. Why?
5: Well, uh, originally, this started a few months ago because I had gone to uh, the day without a woman march after President Trump was elected. And I had gone with my make America great again. And I said I was there because although I had my views and I was Republican and there was nothing going to change that. I wanted to hear them out. Now, because of that, they associated me with uh, the far right. And so, at first, they had put up my vehicle information on Twitter. Uh, more recently, they've decided that, uh, let me backtrack a little bit. I have about 4,000 people I follow on Twitter, and about okay. the same number that follow me. Uh, in that, probably about 3,000 of them are Make America Great Again, Second Amendment, Patriots. The other. 1,000 are uh, Bernie Sanders supporters, uh, Catholic monarchists, uh, the whole gambit. And they found about 50 that were uh, these alt-right types. And they decided that because they followed me, that by guilt association, I'm one of them. <laughs> and so as a result of that, they put up my, my phone number and my, my email address on flyers. On the flyers that said I was a white nationalist and a white supremacist, and they put these flyers all around my community.
2: Yeah, I saw I saw that on the NBC Five uh, story. And you know what? I think what, what's fair is fair, Joseph. That you know, since they make this assumption about those who follow you on Twitter, since they have adopted the tactics of violence and threat and coercion and intimidation, we can call Antifa. A terrorist group, since they emulate many of the tactics undertaken by Al-Qaeda, undertaken by Boko Haram, undertaken by radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists of any stripe. Uh, right down to right down to the violence, uh, the, the violence they perpetrate and the silence of free speech. So I think it's if they're going to associate you just by those who follow you on Twitter, I think we can judge them by the actions that they take in full view of the cameras Uh there is a concern you have for the safety of your family, yes?
5: Oh, absolutely. And, and one thing I want to add is that this is straight out of Saul Alinsky's uh, Rules for Radicals. It's this whole idea that we're going to paint you, on a, you know, paint you by the people who follow you, not by what you say. And I don't think that's fair. That's not accurate. And there, the, uh, the idea that the comparison between me and Antifa is the same is ridiculous. I'm being maligned because of people who follow me on Twitter. They're maligned because of the actions they've taken of exactly. hurting people in California, or like we saw at the uh, the uh, G20 protests just recently here in Germany. They were burning mm-hmm. cars, hurting police, throwing you know Molotov cocktails at authorities. Now, how does that compare with having bad people follow you on Twitter?
2: Well, it does, man. Family, uh, yeah, as far as your as family, far as family is family, concerned, you, you, say, you're, now is your wife? Is your wife? uh is, is it just you or your wife or do you have kids
5: well uh actually we're we're going to have our first daughter in october oh
2: wow uh for, well joseph i look i I understand your angst. These people are nuts these people are crazy and uh as as they have demonstrated their violence, they're violence they 're violent they 'll burn down communities they 'll burn down uh and and perpetrate violence on those with whom they politically disagree they 're anti american And uh, because because of their actions and they are wholly owned subsidiaries of the Democrat Party, uh, because I have not seen one Democrat Party official rise to your defense. As a matter of fact, somebody showed up on the Chris Salcedo Show Twitter account and tried to defend these people, threatening you and your family by saying that they were tired of being bullied by right-wingers. They tried to justify this violence, and we, we push back mightily on that. Joseph Kane, uh, where can folks find you <laughs> on Twitter or on social media if they want to follow what's going on with you?
5: Well, on Twitter, it's at Kane, K-A-N-E, 2028. And on right. Facebook, if you just look up Joseph Kane, you should be able to find me. Happy to connect with anybody who's a God-loving American.
2: Yeah, folks, this is... You may experience these left-wing terrorists in your neighborhood you got to be careful and you got to fight back stick together and you can beat these these leftists back in a minute we'll talk more about what to do about obamacare
0: you're listening to the chris salcedo show part of generation blaze on the blaze radio network Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't
1: have to show you any stinking vices.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: What a load of horse manure that was. What a load of BS. Senator Chuck Schumer, you heard in the top of the hour news. Wait a minute, we said we wanted to be there and we were told we weren't going to be there. I have sound bites, uh, and I wasn't able to locate them in the break, I was doing something else, um, of Senator Chuck Schumer pledging that, th- that Democrats would not get anywhere near uh, the repeal of Obamacare, The Dem- that Democrats would help as long as the Republican Party agreed that they would keep Obamacare and fix it so they could preserve Barack Obama's worthless reputation. Chuck Schumer vowed he wouldn't, no Democrat will go near it, he said. And now he says, well, we were told we weren't going to be there. We were told not to even bother. What a load of garbage. And of course, Mitch McConnell I don't know. You know, it's it's one thing I will say about the Democrats. At least they are willing to fight for their socialist beliefs. I wish our side was a little more, I don't know, robust in their defense of freedom and liberty. I really, did. you know, I you know, in the break, next break, I'm gonna look for this this soundbite. Democrats won't get it I, I mean I'm I, I, his his screechy voice is echoing through my head right now uh let me see if I have if I can do a quick search here uh Obama care uh well, Chuck Schumer When was this put oh that's 2014. uh let me see let me just see uh, th- this might be Chuck Schumer if I'm not if I'm, I think he regrets. Jamming Obamacare down the American people's throats
3: Democrats blew the opportunity the American people gave them We took their mandate and put all of our focus on the wrong problem health care reform Now the plight of uninsured Americans and the hardships caused by unfair insurance company practices Certainly needed to be addressed But it wasn't the change we were hired to make
2: You guys remember that from 2014? That's when, of course, Obamacare really started to go downhill, and I, I'm glad I found that one. I just I, I am, I, I don't I don't know, folks, because because of the nature of the biased press, this this will be the attempted new narrative. Democrats were waiting, and the mean Republicans wouldn't let us uh, offer our suggestions. It's utter utter crap. It's utter crap. They Democrats will not help Republicans repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act in one phase, two phases or three phases Schumer said. Who the hell who the hell's writing this? This is what's well, the hill, but it's not coming up. Unavailable. <laughs> uh, oh, this is frustrating. I remember the Democrats, we, we, we were there, we wanted to help the American people save them from Obamacare and the Republicans wouldn't let us. What a bunch of garbage. And I think he's, I think he'll get away with this because of weak need Republicans. Oh, I got an, I got a great idea. Let's send Lisa Murkowski or Susan Collins out there to refute, uh, Senator Schumer. Let's do that. (laughs) I'm sure they'll give a full-throated rebuttal to the leftist senator from New York. Good grief. Good grief. All right. uh, On the other side of the break, folks, we're going to go to break a little early because I want to, to have plenty of time to talk with Sally Pipes. And we'll talk to her about what needs to happen, what the Republicans should be doing to repeal and replace uh, Obamacare to get us back to a system, a free market system. That's all coming up. The Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Stick with
0: me. You are listening to The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze on The Blaze Radio Network.
6: Chris
2: Salcedo Show. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. I'm glad you made it, everybody, to your radio republic. Unlike your current federal government, your views are being heard, listened to, and addressed right here on this program. Let's have a conversation with Sally Pipes, President, CEO, and Thomas W. Smith Fellow in Healthcare Policy at the Pacific Research Institute. Her latest book is The Way Out of Obamacare. Sally, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show.
4: Well, thank you so much, Chris, for having me on.
2: Well, uh, the GOPs—I know, right? Uh, the GOPs' attempt to adopt Obamacare as their own <laughs> has has failed. Uh, We—I think you and I can agree that it is a failed model to have taxpayer money subsidizing an industry like the insurance industry. Uh, tell me where you think the Republicans are are, are going wrong in their approach so far.
4: Well, I think you know they um, they had trouble getting the House bill passed. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, Paul Ryan had to pull the 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 vote on March 23rd, and it was done. And and so then it was finally the House bill was finally um, passed. And then um, and then of course it went to the Senate, and we've seen so much, you know, back and forth. The um, the BCRA um, came out, and then on June 22nd, and then on um, last Thursday, Mitch McConnell announced the amendments to the bill. But the problem is that, that among the. The Senators, the GOP has Only has 52 Senators So, you know, to get something through With a simple majority is difficult But you have three factions within the Senate That are on the Republican side that couldn't agree The Murkowski-Collins who are You know, worried about Planned Parenthood And then you have the group of Senators uh, Shelley Moore-Capitos The Senator John Thune um, Bill Cassidy, who, you know, wanted the Medicaid Expansion to continue, and then you had The people on the right, the Rand Pauls The Ted Cruz, the Mike Lees, who wanted to real um re- repeal and replacement of obamacare so the bcra you know really um it in my mind was obamacare light. there were two things i liked yeah. one was that people could you know um uh, use the hsa to pay their premiums and that the money in your you could double the amount but basically you know so much of obamacare was 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 staying in place
2: Yeah. And you know what? And to me, and that was the part that I found unacceptable was a surrender to the notion that we needed another massive entitlement here. And and you know what also really stuck in my craw was it seemed like the like Obamacare, the insurance companies were writing the damn thing. I mean, they they, they got instead of one hundred and twenty seven billion dollars, they got two hundred billion dollars designated for their coffers as extortion money to buy down premiums and to buy down rates using taxpayers' money. I mean, one way or another, the Americans' money was going to be extorted out of their pocket and into the insurance companies' coffers, and I found that unacceptable.
4: Well, and I did too, and the whole idea, you know, of, you know, when Obamacare passed, the the money was appropriated for the, the tax credits, but not for the cost-sharing reduction so that insurance companies could get get paid $7 billion a year to cover people's, you know, lower-income people's copays and things, and then they were going to continue this, you know, as you just said, under the, under the BCRA. It, it wasn't appropriated by Congress, and it's it illegal, and it shouldn't, shouldn't be happening, so it was a give to, to the insurance industry, and yet the insurance industry then came out and said they couldn't support the Cruz-Lee amendment, which would have allowed a non-compliant plan to exist in an exchange if the insurer offered a compliant. plan plan so the the insurance industry really is out there lobbying for itself and this whole uh, the funding from taxpayers for the cost-sharing reductions was in my mind was a disaster
2: yeah I think I think that the GOP uh, there's no prayer of the other side of the aisle doing this but I think the GOP should instead of worrying about what the traitorous and I call them the traitorous insurance companies because they jumped in bed with Obama to basically they put did. the screws to the American taxpayer, so I call them that. I think I think that the Republicans abandoned uh, uh, an industry that has already shown it to be uh, to to have its own best interest and sacrifice the best interest of the American people, uh, betrayers, if you will, of the free enterprise system. If if they abandon that and just stuck with stuck with what was good for the American people, they might get some success here. Sally, you've written a book. Sally Pipes, everybody, by the way, president and CEO. Thomas W. Smith Fellow in healthcare policy at the Pacific Research Institute, the way out of Obamacare. What is your prescription?
4: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the... um Uh, The Obamacare uh, was signed into law seven years and four months ago. The Republicans have been talking about repeal and replace for all of that time, and they get into office, they promise the American people repeal and replace, and now we're in this giant, giant mess. But, you know, from my mind, we want a health care plan that would... Um, empower doctors and patients, not the federal government, so one of the biggest issues in a replacement plan is changing the tax code because if you have employer based coverage, which you know um, one hundred and sixty million Americans actually have employer based coverage, but if you lose or quit your job, you go into the individual market you have to buy your insurance plan with with after tax dollars so I would like to see that the the tax code change so we can level that playing field so that individuals aren't discriminated against. Ultimately, I I believe that people shouldn't be getting their health insurance through their employer. It was a gift during World War II to employers, but it's really caused a great distortion in the market. Oh, yeah.
2: We all all know the history. The reason why that happened was because Congress had a bright idea of limiting compensation for people, limiting your wages, so to attract good people, they, uh, the, the company started offering health coverage as, as part of a perk or a benefit to make up for their capped wages, which is, again, another brilliance of, of the United States Congress. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, Sally, the, the fallacy that Obamacare is covering everybody is also falling apart. We learned from Bernie Sanders in the last election cycle that 29 million Americans still remain uninsured even under. Uh, Obamacare and that trend is continuing from what I understand you guys have discovered this yes
4: Yes, absolutely. And you know President Obama, when he was selling the Affordable Care Act, said he had two main goals: One was bringing the cost of health care down from you know down to about nine hundred and forty billion over ten years. The second was getting rid of you know the the number of uninsured, which was about forty four million in the country yet Bernie Sanders is right. We still have twenty eight million people uninsured. The Affordable Care Act did not eliminate the problem of the uninsured and the polling shows that for those people that are still uninsured and that the number is up for last year the reason is because the the premiums under Obamacare are so expensive. I mean, remember the president promised people the average premium for a family would go down by $2,500 a year. The average family premium has gone up. And so a lot of people that are uninsured today, they're paying that penalty of $695 or 2.5% of income, whichever is greater, because they find the premiums are too high. And in many cases, even if they do pay the premium, they can't, can't afford the deductible. So and then when you look at who is covered, who were the 16 million new people covered? Many of them were people who moved on to Medicaid under the Medicaid expansion. Ah, I
2: am and so glad we'll you mentioned it. that. You, you know who told us that yesterday was Ezekiel Emanuel, one of these. Uh, well, like I, I nicknamed him the weasel because he really just is. But he he jumped on Fox News and said <clears throat> the Republican plan would remove off uh, over 15 million people. Who were placed on Medicaid improperly uh, because they're able-bodied and they were 200 to 400 percent of poverty level, which, of course, Medicaid was never founded to help that group of people. So, But Obama threw them on Medicaid, and so that's what he was saying. We, we gave them these goodies, and now the Republicans want to take back these goodies that should never have been offered to begin with. Yes?
4: Absolutely, and I think you know one of the issues is that Medicaid is available for people earning on under below 138 percent of the federal poverty level. That, but you know what's happened is that I think that a lot of people who you know signed on to Medicaid under the expansion plan in the 31 states that did that, a lot of people, if they had the chance in their job to move up and make more money, are going to say I'm not going to I'm not going to take that promotion or that job because I'd rather you know stay stay on Medicaid. So it's an anti-work program as well.
2: Yeah. Hey, Sally, I, I mean, we, we're not going to solve it here in one interview, but we'll get you back on. Sally Pipes, everybody, president, CEO, and Thomas W. Smith Fellow in Healthcare policy at the Pacific Research Institute. Her latest book is called The Way Out of Obamacare. Sally, appreciate you carving out time for the Salcedo Show. Thank you so much. Take care. 888 hundred thirty three is the phone number here at the Chris Salcedo Show if you want to weigh in. I found that uh, passage. Now, I don't have the sound bite, but I do have the exact quote from Chucky e. Schumer. And Chucky e. Schumer, as you heard in the top of the hour news, is trying to uh, rewrite history and say the Democrats, we, we were shut out by those mean and nasty Republicans and we were trying to fix Obamacare because we screwed up so bad and we, were, we wanted to be able to help. But mean old Mitch McConnell, because you know Mitch McConnell, folks. He's so dang mean. <laughs> you know Mitch McConnell uh, just, can't, uh, just can't be reasoned with. He's such a terror. I have to take you back to, uh, let's see, when was this the date of this? This was the 21st of March. Schumer, GOP Obamacare plan's third prong won't pass Senate. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer warned on Tuesday that Democrats will not support additional health care reform legislation as part of the GOP plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. Quote, all Republicans in the House and Senate should hear this. Democrats will not Help Republicans repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act in one phase, two phases, or three phases, Schumer, uh, Schumer said. Toomer said. Start calling him Chuck Toomer. <laughs> I, I, that might catch on. Let's, let, let's just start calling him the senator from New York, Chuck Toomer. <laughs> I'll repeat that again. So when you hear the top of the hour news, that newscaster said, oh, Chuck Schumer says, oh, not so fast. From March, Chuck Schumer declared, quote, all Republicans in the House and Senate should hear this. Democrats will not help Republicans repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act in one phase, two phases, or three phases, Schumer said. And now he's coming up saying, oh, "We were shut out. We couldn't we couldn't get in and we couldn't do it. Mitch McConnell was so mean. What a joke." And it goes to show you folks, these these Democrats would sell their mother up the river. Filthy, stinking, rotten liars, all in an effort to gain control over you. What a Gosh, I can't, I I cannot stand liars. I just can't stand them. Just ticks me off. Drive eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety three, eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Uh by the way, did you guys speaking of Democrats and a rare moment of truth from one Democrat, James Carville, came out uh what was this a couple days ago? And talked about the likelihood of Republicans, or Democrats rather, be taking the Senate.
1: If a party is out of power and we don't have a presidential candidate, there's no one going to be in charge until sometime in 2020 when we decide on a presidential candidate. But I think right now most Democrats are trying to focus on the 2018 elections and you're trying to recruit people and to keep incumbents. And, you know, I, I would say we have a pretty good chance of taking the House back. The Senate is very, very difficult.
2: Yeah the house a good good luck with the house by the way but, but you know i will say this folks the democrats chances of taking back the house will go up exponentially they're not very high right now but they will go up exponentially if the republican party doesn't do the right thing on obamacare trust me on this i mean you can just take your own personal gauge how many of you would show up in 2018 for this republican party well not me not me all right up next We will uh, talk about socialism. Some college kids were asked, Do you like socialism? They said, Yeah, (laughs) we like socialism. It's so great. Well, can you define socialism? We will uh, let you guys hear it for yourself. Hey, don't don't blame me. It's what the hell they're learning inside of college classrooms. Gee, they're not learning. 888 900 3393.
6: The Chris Salcedo Show.
2: On the Blaze Radio Network,
0: the Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: So, all of you parents out there, maybe some of you guys are millennials too. Maybe, maybe if you're, if some liberals do listen to this program on the uh, on the Blaze, on the Chris Salcedo show on the Blaze presence in and Houston and Dallas, Fort Worth, and so some of you may be familiar with these types of people that I'm about ready to play for you. Now, they, they are asked. About socialism. What do you think about socialism? And um, some of you will be shocked. Others, you will be scratching your head. How can we allow this to happen in America? But uh, listen to their responses.
1: In your opinion, is socialism a good thing or a bad thing?
3: I mean, I think people kind of throw that word around to try to scare you. But if helping people is socialism, then I'm for it.
2: Helping people. Now, you know what she said what what she means by this is if allowing government to confiscate money and redistribute it how government feels is necessary and they do it under the guise of quote unquote helping people well, I'm all for it right now what these young folks don't consider is what happens if let me put it in a way that maybe the, the liberal mind can comprehend. What if you gave government all this power to take all your money at will? Or, you know, if, if you ask uh, certain liberal persuasions, how much is enough? How much of somebody's income do you want? You know, 30 percent, half, 75 percent. Some have, have said 90 percent. Ninety percent of your income to leave you ten percent for the you know because it's for the greater good, folks. And who administers the greater good? Oh yes, human beings, fallible human beings. Uh, the founders didn't believe in that. They believed that you should be able to remain, uh, retain the the majority, the fruits of your labor, and 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 use it to build a business, build your be consumers, support your family. That way there won't be need for, you know, uh, redistribution because everybody will be able to produce and work and have more. Well, what about people who are lazy? Well, I I, I don't know about that. I don't know if we we as a society want to help the lazy. Do we want to help the lazy? Do we want to help the, the chronically entitled? Do we want to help them? liberals want to help them insofar as to get their votes let's continue
0: it could really benefit our country in the future yeah uh i think
1: it's a good idea socialism as a concept as a philosophy is good i think that it's got a bad rip
0: (laughs) trying to spread the wealth is definitely a good thing in america
1: and it's definitely a thing that's needed
2: spread the spreading the wealth now where the hell did he get that idea where where spreading the wealth in america is a good idea is what he says. Let government come in, take from somebody else something the government didn't earn that that person earned and give it to somebody else. That's what he's saying. When, when did we find this idea acceptable That, and, and where does a child like this get the idea that it's perfectly acceptable to take from one family and give it to another? Oh, they don't need it. They don't need They got plenty. Says who? And they don't think, now Now, what this child doesn't understand or even consider is what happens one day if it's you? What happens if one day you save up a whole bunch of money and you're trying to send your kid to college, you're trying to buy the house for your family, and the government says, well, you know what? We're going to take some of that money or half of that money because there are people in more need of it than you. Well, wait a minute. I worked hard for that. And I wanted to provide for my family. Sorry, there are others who are more in need of it. Then, the politician who took that from you gets to say, "Look at how wonderful I am! I stole this money from somebody who earned it and gave it to you. Vote for me. Vote for me." And this uh, idiot—there's <laughs> no other way to call. It. I mean, he—he's an idiot because he's never he's not been he's not been taught any differently but he is an idiot he never considers the other side he just looks at everybody with money is evil nobody ever earned it and what happens if you bust your ass 15 20 years building up an nest egg and the government says oh I'm going to need that what do you mean you're going to need that i i worked my whole life for this well there are other people who need it more Besides, I need to get reelected. There are people who will vote for this, and you just heard from some of them. Now, what happens when they're asked to define socialism? I'm
6: not exactly sure.
2: How would you view what socialism is, though?
3: Um.
0: <laughs> economically, what is socialism? Yeah, uh, yeah. Economically, hmm. Ah, uh, hmm. So. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna think about that for a second. Yeah, um, do, do
6: yeah, do. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. just stop. Specifically, just you know, getting rid of that wealth gap in the United States.
2: <laughs> Socialism is getting rid of the wealth gap. Well, oh, I guess. I guess it does do that. It takes money from those who earn it and give it to those who don't. So nobody's wealthy. Everybody's equally miserable. Everybody's equally poor. That's what it does. That's what socialism is. Gets rid of that wealth gap, yep. No matter how hard you work, you can't get wealthy because your money is redistributed to other people. That's socialism. No matter how hard you bust your ass, you can't get ahead. Welcome to socialism, kid. Welcome to socialism.
1: Um, how would I describe (laughs) it as little as possible?
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. Mm mm-hmm. How would you define socialism? Hmm. Um, I mean, it's definitely more of an open form of government and it feels like (laughs) a lot more accessible to a lot more
3: people.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yes. It's it's, it's so accessible. Government is so much more accessible. The hell does that mean? I don't know. But let me, you know, because socialism is, we have a government, it's so accessible and it's so open, it's so free and loving and kumbaya and all the other. Garbage. Just and they're. This is what they're learning. In college, in college. From leftist professors who deal in theory, not in the real world. They get to. They get to pretend. What life is. On the college campuses today. And, Ileana Ross Lathan, who was a Republican Latina. I believe she's a Cubana. She was talking with Fox News yesterday, and they were marveling with great distress at the degrading situation in a socialist paradise. Now, this is where you kids on the college campuses, you might want to perk up and listen. See, there's your... All government is so accessible and so open and so more, you know, so more available for everybody. There's your pie in the sky. Idiocy, ill-informed, moronic attitude towards socialism. And here's the reality of what's going on down in Venezuela.
6: It was so uh, wonderful to see Venezuelans in record numbers in every corner of the world go out uh, and and say no to Maduro and say yes uh, to democracy, to having free and fair elections, to having the Constitution being respected. And uh, I was at one of the sites at the University of Miami Coral Gables Center, and it was just amazing. Venezuelans, after being uh, stepped on by Hugo Chavez and now Nicolás Who's just as bad as Chavez, and having communism uh, stuffed down their throat, they're saying yes to democracy. So I was, uh, I was just enthused watching them get so happy. But the fight is just beginning, as you pointed out, Brett. Uh, over a hundred people have been killed by Maduro's thugs. Hundreds and hundreds are in jail, political prisoners. Thousands are uh, have been injured in these street demonstrations. So the fight continues.
2: Yes, is it isn't the government is so open in Venezuela? They kill people openly because they oppose the government. It's so open in Kumbaya. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, political prisoners are jailed. Oh, look at all the wonderment inside of Cuba, too. Oh my goodness, they slaughter all of their political oppositions. Oh, government is so open and so loving and so embracing. I mean, what a bunch of. What a bunch of morons. I don't blame the kids necessarily. They're only regurgitating the crap they learn inside of these inside of these so-called institutions of higher learning. Eliana Ross Lathan telling Fox News channel why Venezuela is becoming a failed state. It's becoming a failed state because of say it with me kids socialism.
1: You mentioned 100 people uh, dying in the opposition since April. Inflation rate in Venezuela, 800% at the end of
2: 2016. Oh, 800%. It's so wonderful. It's so open. Inflation is so wonderful. It's just, oh, it's, it's spreading the wealth around. It's 800% inflation. Oh, it helps so many people. That's what government, that's what socialism does. It's helping people.
1: Uh, 87% of the population said it didn't have enough money to buy necessary food.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's, look, look at how open it. people can't buy food. They don't have to worry about where the next meal comes from because they don't have any money to buy food. Isn't that so open and transparent? Isn't that so accessible? Isn't that so helpful to people? They can't feed their families. Their kids are starving. Oh, socialism is so wonderful.
1: The GDP dropped 12% in 2016 after oil prices fell. And then by 2017, the country has owed $140 billion to foreign creditors. What does that mean for somebody in the U.S. sitting on the couch that maybe Congresswoman hasn't really been paying attention to this or has
6: been inundated with other stories? Well, that's why I'm so glad that you're covering this story. Uh, Venezuela, you've got to remember all of you viewers, was one of the richest, most productive, most powerful countries, freest countries in all of Latin America. It was the breadbasket for for Latin America. Now they don't even have wheat, they don't have milk, they don't have diapers, they don't have medicine, it's a basket case. So it, it went from a breadbasket to a basket case. Why? Because socialism and communism does not work.
2: And it never has. Now, Ileana Ross Lathan pointed out that Fox News was the only news source to cover this. You have to ask yourself, why does ABC, NBC, and CBS not cover this? CNN not cover? Socialism failing so spectacularly. It's the same reason why they didn't cover Cuba. They don't cover the situation in China. Or other totalitarian regimes. Why would any of these biased press outlets. Want to inform the American people of the dangers. Of the policies of the Democrat Party. Why would they do such a thing? It would undermine their own cause. Funny I thought the. Agenda of the media was supposed to be to inform the American people. Apparently only some people in the media. I'll be back in a minute.
0: Conservative talk.
6: So spicy!
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo show only on the blaze radio network.
2: Make sure you catch up with the show on, on uh, Facebook, the Chris Salcedo show. I put the, the Chuck Schumer actual quote of where the Democrat position has been since this whole debate started about repeal and replace of Obamacare. It's on the top post. Actually, it's under the top post. I pinned the definition of statism and it's, it can actually be socialism. Ideas that are so good they must be made mandatory. <laughs> uh, you, you, if you want that article to share with your with your friends to remind everybody where Chuck Schumer has been and now he's trying to redefine, trying to re uh, rewrite history. But if you want if you want to put an exclamation point on this entire show, it can be this: socialism sucks every time. There's nothing virtuous about it. There's nothing meritorious about it. It and its cousin communism is responsible for the loss of freedom and liberty and wanton killing and death throughout human history. It is... It is... I don't know how other ways to put it other than incredibly destructive massively destructive there there is nothing virtuous about socialism nothing whatsoever and all of the I don't know all of what you heard from those kids is what they're being indoctrinated with, uh, with inside of these so-called institutions of higher learning put another way socialism is the philosophy of failure the creed of ignorance And the gospel of envy, its inherent virtue, is the equal sharing of misery. Sir Winston Churchill. That's going to do it, everybody, for the Chris Salcedo Show. Until we meet again, remember, society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. This is a good one to share, ladies and gentlemen. I would encourage you to do so with all of your friends who are persuadable. 888-900-3393
6: the Chris Salcedo show
2: on the blaze radio network.